I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. So join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy and I'm a quilter and welcome to episode 186 in which I went to Quilt Week a while ago. <laughs> and I'm recording this on Sunday, August 23rd, 2015. It's been well over a month since my last posting. That does not mean I didn't record a couple of episodes in there. And I barely, it was just one of these things where I grabbed some time to try to record, but then I didn't have enough time to really edit it, and I wasn't confident that I was actually making any sense whatsoever, so I really didn't want to post it without listening back to it and doing some editing, etc. So all that goes to say, yeah, I did actually record a couple of episodes. None of them ever saw the light of day. Uh, so we're going to try to do one today. I think I will have enough time to actually get it edited. I mean, I know I will. It's just right now I'm sort of, well... I have other things I really probably should be doing, but anyway, here we are. We're recording a podcast. Uh, the first, I do have an announcement. Again, remember the Band Books Week challenge that is actually going on right now, even as we speak. I talked about it in my last episode. I know you probably can't remember that far back, but it is also on my blog. Um, again, a while back, but that's easier to find. All you have to do is search for Band Books Week or BBW or something. It, it should come up in the tags anyway. Uh, so be sure you're paying attention to all of that. And if you plan on playing around, uh, playing around, <laughs> if you plan on playing along, <laughs> then just uh, make sure you pay attention to when the deadlines are and all of that kind of good stuff. That's all on the blog and on the podcast. Maybe I shouldn't be trying to <laughs> record a podcast again today. Okay, guys, uh, this may be a wild ride. Um, I uh, have to laugh. I was actually talking to my daughter a couple weeks ago about the fact that I hadn't podcasted for a while and was kind of slacking off on blogging and everything. And I misspoke and I referred to my podcast and blog as quilting for the rest of you. <laughs> and then I decided, I said to her, well, actually, maybe that's what I should call it these days, because not a whole lot of quilting going on in these parts. Um, Sandy update. First, I guess just to say, yes, I am deep into school right now. I uh, had my two weeks of my first on-campus residency, my classes and in Boston um, back at the beginning of August, and it was a phenomenal experience. It was overwhelming, exhausting, uh, in some cases very stressful at the very beginning uh, in terms of just trying to be back in certain academic habits. Um, but being in the classroom itself was really good. And um, we have what's called a cohort, uh, the group of students who are all going through, you know, that we all started at the same time. We actually have two cohorts that we're meeting together during this August residency because we also were joined by the folks that had started in January. Uh, so it was cohorts two and three were together for the whole two weeks. And boy, what a great bunch of people I was, um, as I may have talked about prior to uh, going into 
classes, I was a little concerned that there might be a knucklehead in the group, you know, because you got to live with these guys for a couple of years. You really work together very closely in a lot of circumstances, even though you're also doing your own stuff. There's a lot of um, collegiality, a lot of uh, building, uh, team building and group building and everything that happens as part of this whole experience. And, and one of my larger stressors, particularly as an introvert, but I think anybody would be worried about this is, what happens if there's really a knucklehead in the bunch that now I'm going to have to live with for two weeks or for two years? Fortunately, that's not the case. We we all got along really well. Um, we're very different people, but we were able to be very respectful in our differences and have some really really good dialogue. Um, I was rooming with three other women in sort of an apartment style uh, dorm, and we got along fantastically. Um, to the point where I wasn't getting as much sleep <laughs> as I should because we kept staying up you know, late talking about, mostly talking about the stuff we were studying and applying it to our own settings and everything, just really, really good conversations. So um, I felt very privileged the whole time I was there, very privileged to be back in the classroom, to have this kind of opportunity to be supported so strongly by my husband and family in it, by my organization. Um, I was getting messages on Facebook and everything from a lot of the women I work with while I was there, you know, letting me know that they were thinking of me and rooting for me and everything. And it was just a very meaningful time. And that also got messages from the Twilters doing the same. Thank you, Twilters. Uh, again, those of you who have been living under a rock and <laughs> don't know, maybe, maybe this is your first episode ever listening to any quilt podcast. Uh, there's a bunch of us on Twitter, and I believe it was Daisy of Lazy Daisy Quilts podcast and blog who first coined the phrase the twilters those of us who are um, quilters on twitter anyway it's a community and um, had some conversation with the twilters through the week too and they were also very supportive so i really appreciated that as well um so that's it with school uh, i just turned in another paper for the same class on friday and sort of gave myself the weekend off um I have the final paper for this class, a major paper, due on September 8th, and it's nothing I want to procrastinate on. I really have to be plugging away at it consistently for the next couple of weeks until it is due. And uh, I just, I, well, I needed to spend some time doing other stuff. Procrastination or regrouping, you be the judge. <laughs> Who knows? But. Um, I turned that one in Friday. Of course, I worked during the day on Friday, and then Friday afternoon, I met with my brother-in-law and his fiance to talk about their wedding that I'm officiating in September. And then that night, I came home and I just sat. I actually did pull out my cruel embroidery again for the first time in a long, long time. Didn't get a lot done, only a couple of little sections stitched, but it felt nice to have it back in my hands again. And then Saturday, I had a bridal shower for a friend of the family to go to. Uh, so went to that and then immediately following my husband whisked me away for an overnight uh, because my birthday is coming up this week. So we went to, it was just very low key dinner movie, um, that kind of thing. But it was nice to just kind of be away for a little bit. Um, did do a little bit of my school reading this morning and then I really need to get some done um, later this afternoon or this evening. <coughs> as well. I, I need to start um, not only reading, I've been doing a lot of reading, but I haven't been doing so much note taking. And now is when it really, you know, rubber hits the road. I've got to start focusing and, and going back through what I've already read and pulling out those things I want to focus on, etc. So I've got to start kind of doing that tonight. 
Meanwhile, I thought I really ought to put out a podcast. I don't have a whole lot to talk about, but I am going to reach back in time and talk about when I went to uh, AQS Quilt Week. So let me do that first because that does sort of lead into then those few things I did get done. Okay, AQS Quilt Week in Syracuse. This was the first year it's ever been in Syracuse. Apparently they do have a three-year contract, so they'll be there for the next two years. It'll be interesting to see. It was very lightly attended on the day I was there, and I was there on Saturday, which I would have thought would have been kind of the big day for all the local folk to show up just to go to the show, and it really was not that crowded. Um, I actually Googled like a week after the show to see whether I could find what the actual attendance numbers were, and I, I didn't see them anywhere. Um, I don't know if that's typical for the first year a show is in a venue. I will say that it was sort of stealth advertising around here. I mean, here, I only live an hour and a half away from there, and I did not see a whole lot of promotions about Quilt Week here in local stores and local quilt shops and such. You would see, you know, the little flyers or the um, brochures sitting by the, the register or whatever, but nobody like chartered a bus or you didn't hear about any caravans of people going up or anything. I know I was expecting to run into like a lot of people I knew up there and we only ran into one or two people from our guild. I went up with my um, BFF, BQFs, Katie and Lori so the three of us were there but we really didn't see and and katie is a member of the largest guild in the area and she didn't even really run into anybody she knew so that was kind of weird to me um don't quite know what that means i'm hoping that maybe you know next year there'll be more people or whatever it's nice having a show an hour and a half away so that we could just go up for the day rather than having to take a whole lot of time and and go there um we were there the whole day on Saturday. We got up there shortly after the show opened, and then we left really kind of shortly before it closed. So we were pretty much there all day Saturday. None of us had wanted to take any classes, so that's part of why we decided to just go up for the day on Saturday, because we knew we could do the vendors and the show. Um, the show was actually fairly small, and this might be part of it. I'm, I did, you know, you get to fill out your evaluation afterwards uh, by email. They send all participants or I'm assuming they send all of them um, evaluations. I know I got one. And one of the things I pointed out was, you know, really it was a pretty small show. And I don't know if that was based on the venue. Um, the convention center in Syracuse is not actually that large, a convention center. Uh, but the main exhibit hall was three quarters vendors. And then the show was kind of around the outside edge. And then downstairs, there was another um, large room, but not as big as the one upstairs. And that's where their special exhibits were. But even all in, there just weren't that many quilts. I kind of felt like the show, uh, the GVQC show that we had earlier in June, that's our big local guild, um, Genesee Valley Quilt Club, that their quilt show might have been bigger, might have had more quilts in it. Um, at least it was pretty close. And so that kind of surprised me with an AQS show. I was like, really, guys, you couldn't have pulled off a few more quilts here? Um, the other thing that kind of surprised me, I loved it, but... I could see where people might quibble with it. It was really, really heavy on art quilts, really heavy. And in fact, there were very few traditional quilts to speak of. There were, you know, there were a handful and they had the typical categories. So 
you know, the, the ones that they did have were in those those categories, uh, hand quilting and traditional quilting and, you know, the various categories that tend to skew a little bit maybe more towards traditional quilts than art or modern quilts. Um, but still in all, there there were not that many traditional quilts. So if you are somebody who just absolutely adores traditional quilting, I could see where you might have been disappointed in this show. Um, for me, who appreciates art quilting, I, I, I loved it. <laughs> I mean, I loved the quilts that they um, did have on display. It was, uh, there wasn't a clunker in the bunch. I mean, sure, there's some that you prefer more than others, but all of them were just very, very high standard quilts. Uh, the There weren't a ton of modern quilts either, although I think I've probably talked on this podcast before about how sometimes the blur, there's a very blurred line between what's a modern quilt and what's an art quilt. Uh, so some of them, you know, would be a little hard to categorize, but uh, for the most part, it really was heavy on the art quilts specifically. Uh, the main, the special exhibits in the downstairs room, one of them was one we've seen quite a bit. It's the Egyptian applique, which is beautiful. Um, it has been present in AQS shows for a couple of years now, and that's primarily because they're trying to sell, sell the quilts. Um, all of the quilts that are in that exhibit, I believe all of them are also available for sale. So this is something we're gonna be seeing around. I will say that having already seen this exhibit at two other shows that I've been to over the last couple of years, there were only one or two quilts that I thought I recognized. The rest were new quilts. So even though it's the same style, you're still seeing new versions of that same style. And it's it's a very impressive um, applique style. So if you haven't seen the Egyptian uh, quilt exhibit yet, do try to, I believe it's named Quilt Like an Egyptian or something like that, but it, it's a very cool exhibit. Uh, if you have seen it before and you see it advertised at you know a show near you, it's still worth going because you will see new quilts in it. Um, so so that was really kind of it. I don't have a ton to say about the show itself because again, it was fairly small and it was largely art quilts. I did take some photos. I have not posted any on my blog. Partly I just haven't had time, uh, but I believe, I think I did post a blog post about my shopping and in that post, I linked to my friend Lori's blog who had posted a lot of photos of the show, so you can still see them. I will also show, say that um, Noni of Noni's Quilting Dreams, I believe is, I'm sorry, there was, for a while there was a quilting corner, a quilting daydreams, and a quilting dreams, and I used to always get all of their names mixed up. I believe Noni's Quilting Dreams is her podcast. Um, but she also went to the show in Grand Rapids and posted a lot of photos and a lot of the same quilts were in those two shows. So, you know, if you go to her blog, you'll also see a lot of the same quilts. Um, the uh, vendors were great. I mean, I really, I did a lot more damage in the vendors than I really expected to. And partly, I think, because it was so heavy in the art quilts, there were a lot more vendors with embellishments and embroidery threads and things like that than what I've seen in other shows. On the flip side, there weren't that many with just fabric, or at least the ones that did have fabric seemed to all be kind of focused on particular types of fabric. So you might see a vendor that had all batiks. You might see another vendor that had all um, uh, like novelty fabric. So, so there wasn't, I've been to other shows where there's two or three vendors that just have a bunch of fabric. It's like a quilt shop in the vendor booth. Um, there weren't that many of those here. So I actually, um, 
speaking of the Jacob's Ladder quilt, <laughs> the, one of the projects I'm working on is my Jacob's Ladder quilt, and I had run out of um, enough of the blue and cream fabrics I'm using in that when I was doing the, the cutting and the starting the piecing. And so I decided, well, I've, I discovered I'd run out of these like a week before I went to the show. So I decided, well, I'll just, I'll pick up some fat quarters at the show. You know, that'll be easy. It was so hard to find <laughs> fat quarters in the blues and the creams that I needed because I didn't want batiks. I was looking for more, not quite, um, not like Civil War repro, it was, but it, more traditional kinds of fabrics. And it was really, really hard. I had to go to something like three or four different vendor booths to compile the number of fat quarters I needed. Um, and to a degree, I kind of felt like, this is ridiculous, guys. <laughs> I mean, usually, usually at shows like this, there's at least a couple of vendors that just have tons of fat quarters. There really weren't that many. The fabric was not a major thing in the vendors there. There were a ton of um, tools, gadgets, equipment, all of the typical sewing machine and long arm machines, all of those vendors were there. Um, and yes, I did sit down to a handy quilter, handy quilter 16, sweet 16, whatever that one's called. And yeah, that's really nice. <laughs> and if I weren't paying tuition again for school right now, I might've really seriously thought about it because it was, they had a pretty good deal for the show. Um, but man, that was a nice machine. I really liked playing around with that. Um, and I got the hard sell. Unfortunately, I did have to walk away from her. I, I had one, when I first went into the vendor booth, I actually just sat down because um, my friend was looking at their lamps. They had various natural lighting lamps and light boxes and stuff. And so she was looking at those. And so I just kind of sat down just to get off my feet. And then I started playing with the machine. And the first vendor that came over was very nice and just kind of showed me a couple things. But then she kind of left me alone to do, you know, to just kind of playing around. And then the main vendor person came over and she was car salesman, hard to sell <laughs> person. And I, I kept saying to her, you know, I'm really not in the market right now. I'm really, this is not happening right now. You know, I'm just interested in seeing what the possibilities are for some time down in the future, but I am absolutely not gonna buy right now. And she would not leave me alone. And I did finally have to just kind of say, you know, thank you for all your help and get up and leave. Cause it was like, no, you're being nuts. Um, you know, yes, I know they're trying to make their money, but when I've said three times, and that's usually the rule, three times say no, they're supposed to leave you alone at that point. And she didn't, but, um, and it's not like other people were standing in line to use the machine. It was just killing time. Anyway, uh, that was the only vaguely negative experience there. Um, I had a lot of fun with a lot of the other vendors. <laughs> so she was the only one that I was kind of like, okay, let me just walk away from here. Um, so my friend Katie did end up buying a lamp. It was one of these natural light lamps that has the uh, magnifying glass underneath it on a stand so she could sit in her chair. She does, she's the one that does the exquisite hand quilting. Um, and so she was really looking at this for hand quilting and it's, it's a very nice setup. I sat in the chair, you know, the demo for it uh, to see what she was looking at. And it is very nice. And it's something that I could see myself eventually if I'm still doing the embroidery, you know, a couple of years from now, if that's stuck that long, I could see getting something like that. Um, the light box for her was really an impulse buy, which is unusual for her. I was very pleased <laughs> to see her succumbing to an impulse buy because she's typically the one that talks me into them. Um, but this light box was beautiful. And I will say if I had anything that I was working on right now that really required light boxes, I would have gotten it too. Very, very slim. I mean, it's like thinner than your average iPad. 
um, and you can, it's got like a dimmer switch on it. You can make it brighter or dimmer and um, it, it's just, it was a beautiful light box. And it, actually, I don't remember what the price was, but I remember thinking at the time, oh, that's not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. Uh, so that was nice. And she did end up getting one of those. And she said, Sandy, if you decide you want to use one, you can borrow mine. So <laughs> that was nice. Um, uh, I did buy, and again, I posted on my blog photos of what I ended up purchasing. I bought um, a lot of embellishments and embroidery thread kinds of things, just beautiful, beautiful work. So yeah, I'm still doing the embroidery. That is, that's the one thing, um, the last couple of weeks notwithstanding, that I do still feel like I can take the time to do because it's more of a social activity. I can sit downstairs and watch TV with my family and do the embroidery. So I am still buying threads. It, it's, they're kind of like, you know, the candy, <laughs> the impulse buy next to the cash register because they're so pretty and yummy. And so I've got quite a collection now. Um, but I do actually have some thoughts about some things I might do. One of the, the little projects I want to take on fairly soon, and it wouldn't take me that long to do, is there's a felted wool needle case. The pattern is available on Craftsy, and I had bought the pattern, oh gosh, a couple years, well, a year ago, maybe? I mean, I've had it for a long, long time, um, but I haven't gotten around to making it, partly because I didn't really need a needle case. Well, now that I'm doing all this embroidery, a needle case would kind of come in handy. And then last week or two weeks ago, um, Alamosa Quilter, uh, her blog, she had made one of the same pattern, and she's made several um, over the last few months. I don't know how long you've been doing it, um, but she's been doing a few, and so I was like, you know what, I really, I should do that, and I had left a comment on her blog, and she emailed me back and said, they really don't take that much time at all. You really should do one, so <laughs> that's something I, I think I might take on, and I bought, um, at the vendor booths, I bought some very, very bright felted wools, uh, hand-dyed felted wools in bright colors that are just beautiful. I don't have a lot. You know, each one is only like a 9 by 12 piece or so, um, so that I, they'd only really be able to be used for smaller projects, which is fine. I was thinking, when I picked them up, I was thinking, you know, mug rugs and stuff like that. Um, so I think I will do a, a needle case using some of these brights and then um, some of the beautiful embroidery threads I bought, but I haven't really had enough time to think clearly about what I might do, but that's that's definitely on my radar screen. Um, I did have a long conversation with one of the vendors. She's a hand dyer, and she and I talked quite a bit about hand dyeing because there was nobody in her booth at the time, and I was getting kind of tired, so I just sort of hung out with her. Um, and her her store name is Stipples, etc. S-T-I-P-P-L-E-S, etc., and I know she was at Grand Rapids, and I intended to get a podcast out before y'all went to the Grand Rapids AQS show, because I was going to tell you, make sure you go see her and tell her Sandy that Sandy sent you. Um, and I'm sorry I didn't get that, but I think she's also going to be at a couple of other shows. So if you're going to a quilt show anytime soon, look for Stipples, etc. hand-dyed fabrics. Her name is Wendy, and tell her Sandy sent you. She's very, very nice, and she's got beautiful, she does solids, and she's just got a beautiful palette of them. Um, so make sure you give her some love. Uh, so what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? Um, I did buy a couple of tote bag patterns at the show. They had all of the samples in the booth, so I was able to actually open them up and look at all the pockets and, and everything, which I really appreciate. 
Um, I know most booths do samples, but most of them have so much stuff they're selling, they never have the samples of the things I actually want to look at. Uh, this booth was really kind of focused on bags, and so they had samples. I don't know if they had samples of every single bag, but they certainly had samples of the bags I was interested in. And so I did buy two bag patterns. Um, as I've said on my blog a few times, I'm always in search of the perfect travel bag, particularly a carry-on for airplanes. Um, because I do travel a lot and I'm always carrying electronics and, you know, to a degree, some file folders, although I try to go as paper-free as possible, but then all just my normal stuff that I want for, um, for travel. And I don't like those, uh, having the wheelie bag ones that you pull behind you when I've got to change planes. I don't mind having one of those as a carry-on if I'm just flying direct, but I almost never fly direct. And so I always have, you know, places I'm trying to do switching planes in between. And I hate dragging those things be around behind me. They tend to trip me up. Or if I've got the ones I've got are the 360 spinny wheels. And so I usually push them alongside me, but they're just, you know, if you're trying to race from one end to the other, I hate having something on wheels that I'm trying to keep track of. Uh, so I much prefer to have a tote bag and I can travel pretty light when if I'm I check a bag I do pay for check bags because again hate having it on the flight with me um and then I just like having a tote bag or something um because the nice thing is electronics are getting smaller and smaller and smaller even the projector um LCD projector that I bring with me is a little pico projector which basically is the size of my hand <laughs> so even that can fit in a tote bag um so, you know, I've just been constantly in search of what's the ideal tote bag to have as a carry-on that wouldn't be so big that I tend to overload it, but big enough for what I do need to take and then has good pockets and a zipper top or some sort of top that'll actually close it. Um, and so I, I did buy a pattern for one of those at the show. And then I bought another pattern for another bag that just looks like it would be fun to use. <laughs> it's got a lot of pockets and all sorts of stuff in it. Um, but probably well last weekend was it just last weekend I actually didn't have much going on for the weekend and again I, I sort of needed a break between I'd just gotten home from my two weeks of classes and I know I, I I knew I had a few days before the paper I just turned in was due and I knew it wasn't going to take me that long so I decided to give myself a little bit of time over the weekend I did do some work I did do some reading um, but I took a couple of hours on Friday or Saturday and a couple hours on Sunday afternoon and I actually got one of those tote bags made and it was very simple to do. Um, and I love the, the finished result. It's extremely usable. I did add a second set of pockets. The pattern has one set of pockets on one side inside interior. I added um, the same type of pack pockets on the other side. I just measured them differently so they're different sizes. And then I added Velcro to the top of two of those pockets on that side so that I could stick stuff like my Burt's Bees down in there and it wouldn't go flying out. Um, and that went together pretty quickly. And if I were to make the same design again, it would go together even faster. The pattern has three sizes. I made the largest size. I don't know that I would ever bother making the smallest size, but I could see maybe the middle size. The middle size might be better if I was just looking to have something to to go to a coffee shop, you know, throw my, um, my uh, iPad and some files or books or something in and just head to a coffee shop where I didn't need quite so much space. But the biggest one is really good uh, for airplane travel for carry-on. Plus, I just used it this weekend. Like I said, my husband whisked me away for an overnight, and so I used that as my overnight bag, and it was perfect. It could have just used maybe a couple of extra inches. It was a little bit 
snug when I got it zipped in there. Um, but the, I loved mostly being able to use some fabric that I'd had on my shelves for years and years and years. Uh, just couldn't get rid of it the couple times I've gone through my fabric and gotten rid of some of my stash donated to places. This one, I just could never get rid of this because I loved it so much. And now I have it forever in a tote bag form. So that was nice. Um, I also, this weekend, again, sort of gave myself the weekend off, as I said earlier, and finished off a craftsy class. I had gotten one of the bags um, of the class done a few weeks back, but I hadn't gotten the other two done. So this weekend, yesterday I got one done, and today I got the, the third one done. And those are from the Zip It Up uh, class with Joan Hawley of Lazy Girl Designs. I posted a class review and all of the photos of my bags on my blog. I had already posted about the first bag a few weeks back because that was the first time I'd gotten anything done in a long time. And I was so excited to have finally gotten a quilting project done that I just posted it to my blog. So that one was up there a while back. That was the runaround bag. Um, the other two, I just posted the photos today with the, the class review. So you'll see that. Those were all very, very, very simple uh, zippered one, the runaround bag is kind of one of those cross body, body with the really long strap, small purse. The other two were just zipper pouches, um, again, to use when I travel. Uh, really liked one of the bags. The other two, yeah, I could see myself, well, the runaround bag, I could see making others of them mostly for gifts for other people. If I decided I needed to do a fast, I don't know what kind of gift. We don't really exchange gifts with extended family much anymore, but I don't know, you know, when the day comes that I ever have grandchildren, years from now, I could see maybe making that bag again. Um, the other, the zipper pouches of the other two in the class, one of them I could see myself making more of. The other one, not as sure. I'm, I'm not as fond of the design. It's not a bad design. It just doesn't do much for me. So um, we'll see if I find that I'm actually using it more than I think I am, then I could see uh, making it. Neither of them took much time at all. So uh, that it just felt good. Again, I was using fabric that I'd had for a while. It's nice. That's why I'm kind of on this bag making kick right now. Um, I still don't like making bags. Don't get me wrong. Still don't like doing it. But it's something I know I can get done if I've only got a couple of hours or one weekend. I can pretty much, I'm not choosing complicated designs. <laughs> so I can, I know that I can, gee, I've got three hours. I could actually have something done to show for it at the end. Um, and using some of my fabrics is quite nice. So that was good. Um, so that's really all I've been up to. I'm Now that I've gotten that craftsy class done, and I do have one other craftsy class I can review because I've finished watching it, but I'm not doing any of the class projects, so I could do a class review. I'll probably do that sometime later this week. Um, but I do want to get back into uh, my embroidery again. I, I want to keep poking away at the poking, <laughs> poking the needle through the fabric, uh, the cruel embroidery. But I also want to start on, um, I have an idea of a Christmas gift for my mother-in-law that I'd like to get started on. It won't take me long at all, but you know, Christmas will be here before I know it. So I'd just as soon kind of have it on my radar before I get really, under, well, you know what? <laughs> I am, I'm already pre-stressing this fall because September is just going to be insane. Um, Y'all probably won't be hearing much from me between, well, frankly, now. You might hear from me next weekend because uh, I don't have much going on next weekend. But then the month of September is just insane. 
I have the final paper for the class I'm in now is due September 8th, but I start my fall class September 1st, so I've got overlap there, which is going to really be interesting. Uh, plus, I have two speaking engagements uh, right back to back the weekend of whatever that is, like the 12th, and then the weekend of the 18th. I'll be out of town both of those weekends for speaking engagements. I have one of my online events where I've got conference calls every night is the week of the 21st through the 25th. My brother-in-law's wedding is the 25th. Uh, so we'll have family in town that whole week. Um, I have taken Thursday and Friday off. My supervisor is going to cover those two conference calls. Uh, but still, the earlier part of the week, there's there's just going to be stuff going on that I'm trying to either um, juggle or just saying, no, I'm sorry, I can't be there and feeling terribly guilty about it or whatever. Plus, I will still be in school. <laughs> And, and I have reason to believe that this fall class actually only goes through like the middle of October. It's not a full semester. But what they do is they cram a full semester worth of work into that half a semester. Um, so it's just, yeah, nuts. And October isn't a whole lot better. Um, Although one of my trips that in October is my anniversary weekend, which is nice and relaxed, but I will still have work I've got to get done. And then I've got my work trip um, in the middle of October, which is right about, I'm very afraid when the finals for the, <laughs> that class will be. So I won't know any of that until I get my syllabus for that fall class on September 1st. So keep your fingers crossed for that. Um, so all of that's to say, I'm really looking forward to November. <laughs> That'll be nice. And, and the spring's not going to be a lot better, but it will be a, li a little more spread out. I still have some travel. I still have stuff, and I'll still be in a class in the spring, but it won't be this everything in one month. Uh, September is just insane. Um, all good stuff, you know. Yeah, it'll be every bit of it will be fun, but insane. Um, so that's my life <laughs> at the moment, uh, just by way of explaining why you're probably not going to hear from me much. Um, I'm not going to go through listener feedback because there's just, because it's been so many weeks now, there's way too much of a backlog and I really don't want to only comment on a couple of people and leave other people out. You just need to know that I have absolutely loved reading everybody's comments. Um, what I, I think I've said this before, but I, I really do need to try to get better about actually responding to your comments when you leave them uh, so that you know I've read them. Uh, responding by email. Um, so just know I am reading them. I am appreciating them. I am loving them. Um, I just, I can't talk back to them right now. I'm sorry. So um, I am going to now end this podcast and I think I'm going to probably listen to it, do the editing, which is primarily listening to it while I'm cleaning up my uh, my sewing room from getting all these pouches done. I've got little bits all over the place that I need to pick up. And then I've got to get back to reading and school stuff. So um, it was good talking to you again. It's always good hearing from you. It is always wonderful being part of the Twilter community. And now the Facebook group. I forgot to mention that. Um, there is now also a Facebook community for the Twilters. Oh, don't know. Hang on. Let me quickly pause and check how to get to it. Okay. It looks like if you just look for Twilters with an exclamation point, <laughs> you'll find the group. Um, it, it's a lot of fun. So it's another place for all of us who are quilty type folks to join in on Facebook. So I would encourage you to find that. I believe it's a 
closed group, so you have to request to join, but you know, we're a friendly bunch. Somebody will let you in. So be sure to be there as well. And even if I'm not podcasting or even blogging very frequently, you will still see me, see me on Twitter and Facebook. Um, so catch you in cyberspace, I guess. Um, so, you know, regardless of me maybe responding or not, you know how you can get a hold of me. You can email me at sandyquilts at sandy, uh, <laughs> sorry. You can email me at sandyquilts at gmail.com, sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. You can follow the blog. You can follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, Goodreads, and Flickr, all of those places. I'm either Sandy Quilts or Sandy Has an Hour. Not sure which on Goodreads. Um, you can like the Quilting for the Rest of Us page on Facebook or now the Twilters page a group. You can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Flickr group, and you can join the Quilting for the Rest of Us Kiva team, and you will find links to all of those wonderful things on my website at www.quiltingfortherestofus.com. And until next time, and yes, there will be a next time, even if it's a long time away, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. 